So we're in a series of five practices of fruitful congregations, and we're in week number three. We're going to be talking about intentional faith development today. That we are made in the image of God. We are Amanda Day. And uh, so we're going to talk about what that can mean for us. Our passage is out of the, the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning at verse 21. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. I'll read another text a little bit later because the King James can be a little difficult in this passage. If so be that you have heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is the word of God for all people. Thank you. So we started a couple of weeks ago, we talked about radical hospitality, that we're to be a people who invite, in fact, welcome folks into the kingdom of God, that, that it's not just what we do here, in fact, the least that we do as Christians is, is here on Sunday morning, that, that we're to, to go beyond what the expectation is in, in hospitality and inviting people to join the kingdom. Last week we talked about passionate worship. Worship is also not just what we do here. It's a lifestyle that we lead, that, that wherever we are, we're in worship to God. And uh, Brother and Andrew, I believe it was, that, that said, if I wash dishes, I wash dishes as unto the Lord. Now, I don't have washed dishes, and I've never washed them as unto the Lord. But, but that's the goal, and it is to be able to, to honor God in all that we do. And this morning we're going to talk about intentional faith development. God's Spirit works in us. Shaping us as people who are going to live out the commandments that Jesus said all of the law and the prophets hang upon, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, but our, the cross that, that we have and what that represents. So when God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your, what's that one? Soul. That's, uh, that's horizontal or vertical? Vertical. That's vertical. You can't just slip stuff by me. I mean, I'm not <laughs> But the vertical being is us to God. And that's to love the Lord your God. But there's also a cross being, right? And that's me reaching out to you and you reaching out to me. So the cross is representative of those two great commandments. To love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. So I hope that when you see a cross, that it reminds you that I'm to love God, but I'm also to use that love to impact the folks around me in my life. It's when we come together and we learn about God together that we're able to better understand Scripture. If I'm studying Scripture on my own, which I do, and I hope that you do, I gain insight. But when I study Scripture with other people, I gain not just my insight, but I gain their insight. And it's important for us to come together to do that. When we come together and, and we talk about our faith and maybe some of the struggles that we have and we're better able to live out this life that we're called to, we're better able to live as one who is honoring God and reaching out to our neighbor. So this morning I want to talk about that intentionality and what that looks like and what that can mean. Now, in, uh, in Israel, there's the, every year there, you have to take a pilgrimage and you have to go to the temple. And there's an interesting thing on the southern steps, on the way up to the temple in Jerusalem. As, you, as, as the pilgrims would come and they'd reach that point at the bottom of the steps and they'd, and they'd go up, you know, like our steps are 
the same size, right? So that we don't want to trip. So well those steps vary kind of randomly in inches. So this step might be here, the next one might be here, the next one here, but even more, the depth can vary by feet. So so you might have a step that's this deep and a step that's this deep. So needless to say, you know, that that you might look at that and go, uh oh, inviting into temple wine too much is uh, is is uh, what happened here. They, they couldn't even get the steps right, right, Jerry? They get an engineer, so <laughs> you know, but that wouldn't be the case. In fact, the rabbis would argue that because they were disjointed, because they were rather random, you didn't just run up the steps to the temple. It was representative of our spiritual journey. That if you didn't pay attention, and if you don't pay attention in your journey with Christ, you know what happens? Stumble, you fall. Absolutely. If you didn't pay attention on the steps going up to the temple, you know what happened? Down you go. So it's actually very representative of our journey. The rabbis would say every step, whether it was higher than one or deeper than another, was important for us that we learn in each place. That each time that we go on our journey up, that, that whether it seems like I'm stuck and I've been in this place for, oh, I, want, I, I just want to go up to the next step. It's an important place to be. Or maybe you're in that one of those places in your journey. You've been in a place where it's like, I get it. I'm learning here. I'm learning. Everything seems to be just right here. I'm learning more and more and more and more. And we like those places and we don't like getting stuck, but those places are important. Both places have something to teach us. We learn wherever we are. We asked for a little bit of asked for some support for the for the Cub Scouts to kind of help with them learning. See, what we're talking about when we talk about intentional faith development is a life lesson, actually. It's not just a faith thing. But if, if we want our Cub Scouts to become Boy Scouts, you know what they have to do? Take another step. You're absolutely right. And, and it's not going to happen if you just kind of go, well, I think I'm going to stay home today. I'm not going to do anything. You're going to become a voice. You're going to become an eagle if you're not intentional about what you're doing. Neither will we as Christians grow to the place that God would have us to be. Unless we're intentional about our study and intentional about our faith journey. In fact, we've got a challenge coming up in the link that we'll fill you in on to help with that. But our intentional faith development is important. Intentional development in our lives is important. Today's scripture comes from a letter that Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus. And throughout his church planning and letter writing ministry, Paul emphasized the importance of growing up in Christ. It wasn't that we were going to someday be the be-all and end-all, but this was a process for us as we grew and we developed faith and we learned more about God. We learned together in worship. We learned together in study. It was a journey, and it is a journey for us. So Paul argues against some decidedly non-Christian teachings just before our passage in verse 20, that is, reads, that is not the way you learn Christ. And then he moves into our passage. So let me revisit it in the NIV. For surely you have heard about him and were taught in him, as truth is in Jesus. Surely you have heard about him and were taught in him, because truth is in Jesus. 
You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lust, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God with true righteousness and holiness. So we have a, a person that we've always been, we, that we come to know Christ, and we get challenged to become something more than that. We let the old life die as we seek to enter into a new life. And that's the goal of intentional faith development. Allowing God's Spirit to create us new so that we carry with authenticity this image of a righteous and holy God. We're made in the image of God. Male and female are made in the image of God. As my friend just says, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. The devil tries to take that away from us. Double A. You're, you're made in the image of the Creator Himself and His child. So we open ourselves, we make the choice to open ourselves to God's will and to His Word. And that's not going to happen by osmosis. That's not going to happen by, by just kind of hanging out. We've got to be intentional about it. Now, y'all know peanuts, right? Lucy and Snoopy and that other guy, what's that other guy? Jonathan. So you've seen the one where Lucy has her booth, right? Have you seen it? If you haven't, I don't know what to say. And on the plaque up here, it says something. What does it say? Do you, you know? I'm going to tell you in a minute. No. Advice by sin. And you know who her primary customer is? Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown comes up to Lucy at, at, at that time and says, Lucy, what, what is the meaning of life? And Lucy was her. I don't know, why does he keep doing that? I mean, she put the football out and this. Anyway. <laughs> He's a trusting fellow. Yeah. So Lucy looks at him and says, Well, Charlie Brown, it's like we're, we're all on a, on a great ship and we're on the bow of that ship. And some people, they have their deck chairs out and they've got them pointed forward so that they can see where they're going. Some people have their deck chairs out and they've got them pointed backwards so they can see where they've been. Which way is your deck chair point to Charlie Brown. And Charlie Brown, me and Charlie Brown kind of looks down and says, my deck chair, I've never been able to get it open. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many of us in our Christian community to wrestle with the deck chair. There's probably too many of us that have pointed at where we've been. We've got a great journey in front of us. See, this intentional faith development thing is it's about purpose. Did you know you have a purpose? Say this, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. Okay, now say it like you really mean it. <laughs> Amen. You have a purpose. Absolutely. There's another guy, the guy that's Rick Warren. He wrote a book that talks about this. It's called Purpose Driven Life. Anybody heard it? Anybody read it? The point of that book was what? To help you develop and find the purpose that God has for you. That's the purpose of purpose-driven life. He works through all these different things to help you to find where is it that God is calling you to be. We have to be on purpose in our walk if we're going to 
be successful. And there's intentionality in purpose. There's always intentionality connected to purpose. Have you ever achieved something that you didn't mean to do? I mean, achieved something really big that you, that you just weren't intentional about. <laughs> Paul wrote this in his letter to the Philippians. This is chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Think about that. I have, it's not that I've already got it. It's not that, that, that I've already figured it all out, but I press on to the goal. I press forward. Beloved, I don't consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do. Throwing away the deck chair that points to the back, forgetting what lies behind, and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. When you get a minute, think about which way your deck chair is going. Do you spend a lot of time looking at the past? Are you stuck in the past? We encourage you to turn the next chair around. Anyone is right. You don't feel alone. Often we need help. But let's look at where we're going. The past is important because it informs us as we continue forward. It helps us to not repeat mistakes. But we cannot live in the past. This idea of faith development requires discipline. Does anybody in here like that word? <laughs> yeah, me neither. I don't like that word either. Discipline. It sounds bad. I'm a disciple because I'm disciplined. How about training? Is that better? Yeah. Is that a better word? Are you disciplined in, your, in, in order to let you train? There's also another word, it's the fruit of the Spirit, or part of the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. So whichever of those words you like, grab hold of. Because they're all kind of saying the same thing. It's going to take effort on our part if we're going to grow in our faith and grow in our understanding of who God is. But don't do it Without being intentional, we won't find this. Blaise Pascal called it a God-shaped, he's a philosopher, a God-shaped hole in, in our heart. There's a place that only God can fill. Because we're created by him. St. Augustine put it this way when he's, he's talking to God. He said, you have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And we try to fill that hole with so many different things. Followers of Jesus Christ mature by learning together in community, 
Churches that practice intentional faith development offer high-quality learning experiences that help people understand scripture, faith, and life in the supportive nurture of caring relationships. This kind of intentional faith development is critical for us as a church. It's critical for us. We're drifting further and further away from it the longer that the church is together and, and we become so individualistic that we forget that we're supposed to come together. So I do my study and I do my thing and I don't come together in the body of Christ. And the truth is that when individual believers, when each of us develop our faith with other believers, we discover our purpose in the context of the greater church. God has called us together to be the body of Christ. And when you're missing or I'm missing, a piece of the body is missing. And he, wants us to get, he, he wants you to be who you are. Absolutely. He wants you to be, he wants Geneva Garmin to be Geneva Garmin for Jesus. But as part of the body of believers here at Gold Springs, he, he has a place in that and a desire for you as well. He wants Sarah Barron to be present and story to be answered, right? So be who you are, but be it for him in the context of the larger body. It's there that we find strength because there's more knowledge, wisdom, and, and power in us and among us when we're together than there is when we're on our own. And this, this idea of it being intentional about our growth and our faith development is going to challenge us. It's going to push us and compress us and, and, and stretch us at different times. And we're not going to want to make a choice to do it. And some of us are going to step off the path and we're going to decide, I don't want to do that. Some of us are, are going to stay on the path. The good news is, even if you step off the path, you can come back. For God is a gracious God. Together, we become who we cannot be alone. God wants us to be together. The most, probably the easiest analogy for, for this is one that most of us have undoubtedly heard. You're doing a barbecue, what do you do with coal? File them, you let them, and then they get hot. What happens if you take the tongs and grab one and set it up here? Doesn't take very long at all for that, that charcoal to, to go out. That's what it's like for us when we choose to go outside and not be a part of the body of Christ. But here's some good news. What happens if you pick up that charcoal and put it back on the fire? That lights again, doesn't it? Now, thinking about this, I thought if you want to reach as many people as you want to reach, what else, or if you want to cook good meat, <laughs> what do you have to do with those, with those coals? You have to spread them out, but they have to stay connected or they're cool, right? So there's a constant tending that has to happen. Well, there's a constant tending that has to happen in our faith if we're to become who God's calling us to be. If we get too far from the from the cold, we're going to burn out, we're going to get tired, and we're going to cool off, and we're going to be, I don't want to do that, I don't want to go to church, and I don't want to go to study, not. because we forget what it's like to be in the midst of that flame, which is the Holy Spirit moving in our hearts. Babies who are, who are born disconnected from, from community, who don't have a caregiver, or the, their parent isn't there, and... and um, they have no one to tend for them. There's this phenomenon known as failure to thrive. See, if that infant isn't connected somehow to someone, 
They will fail to thrive and eventually they'll die. We are made to be connected one to another. We need each other. It's not an accident that we that, that we live, that we come together in community, it's how we're intended to live. Learning happens. Uh, in, in this place. Jesus, our model, did it this way. He hung out with, with big crowds, but he also had the twelve. So whether it's a large group or it's a small group, he taught, and we can learn. We can learn when we agree on things, and we can learn when we disagree on things. See, when we, we're not called to get, we're not called to agree on everything. In fact, if we're agreeing on everything, then please, those of you who are talking, need to talk, because I know that you don't agree. There's always going to be disagreements. But we don't have to disagree in a disagreeable way. And often that conversation brings us to a better place than it would otherwise. We learn together. If you're not presently part of a small group whose purpose is to grow in faith, I encourage, I challenge you. We've got three classes on Sunday morning. The Anthony class with Jerry meets out the fellowship hall. Uh, Spark and Servants both meet with Randy and, and Kit both meet in the education building. We have youth meet that meet in the education building as well. If you're not involved, go check them out. Go from one and see what they're like. Go to another and see what it's like. Go to another and see what it's like so that you can find a place that you can grow in your faith. And, and it, it's perfectly okay to start a home group. You have my permission. The more that we study together, the more that we grow in our study of Scripture and our study of, of, of uh, the fathers of our faith and, 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 and what it means to be a Christian, then the more impactful that we're going to be. Somebody has a book? So, read, what, what, what do we do every Sunday? The Apostles Creed. I believe in God's Father Almighty and better than these presents. Okay, let's do that just, just for a minute. I want you to do something for me. Read the first part. You're going to do it in three sections. What's the first part? Oh, oh, that's good. Do you get Why? Why do you believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Do you even think about it anymore? If, if an atheist came up to you and said, why do you believe that? I know, I've read it too, but why do you believe that? Would you be able to have a conversation? Or is it words that we say every Sunday that we don't think about anymore because they become a dry ritual? Something to think about. What's that next section about you? <coughs> Yeah, the whole go all the way. Sorry. Now, Kevin, do you really believe that? You know how outlandish that is to say that every Sunday? What you know what you're saying? Jesus was born of a virgin. What? And then you keep going. He was, he was a human being who was crucified 
dead. Not just dead, put in a tomb, buried. And what's that next part? What? Do you really believe? Why would you believe such a crazy thing? We stand every week. I know there's lots of answers. Well, there were these 12 disciples who were hiding in a room, and all of a sudden they were scared, and then they're suddenly out in the street preaching. Something happened. Something happened. Our Old Testament points to this point. I mean, there's a lot of reasons behind this. But we just say that every week, and there's power in the creed. We're proclaiming our faith. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. That's why Jesus came, the only son of God. And we're proclaiming this man, God, fully human, fully divine, every week that we come here. What's the last section? That's the Holy Spirit. Three things I want to point out. One is that the, the Catholic Church means universal church. It's a small seed. So I believe in the universal church that we are one body in many places. One body. Uh, we're meeting here, but there's churches all over the place that we're a part of, including the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, but that we're, we're one universal body. How powerful is that? There's another thing. What's that part about forgiveness? Holy forgiveness. If God forgives you, then don't you think it's about time you forgive yourself? Let it go. Whatever it is. Let it come. God forgives you. Let it come. We hang on a step way too long because we're at your point in the wrong way. The end of this creed that we read every week is the promise of eternity. This place is going to be a brief point in our journey. And we have a promise of eternity through God See, when we begin to look at how, what our faith is and how do we intentionally develop it, things like the creed and the Lord's Prayer aren't just words anymore. There's power in them. There's power through them. Intentional faith development is simply choosing to place ourselves where God's Spirit can shape us into people who show perfect love of God and love of man. Remember the cross. Where are you on your spiritual journey? You may be at one of those great places where everything is just a lesson after a lesson. You may feel like you've been stuck in the same place for a long, long time. Pray about it. Ask others about it so that you can be moved to the place that God has for you. Our Lenten observance, and Randy will talk more about this in the coming weeks, is not going to be an offering of money. We're going to be asking you for time. Time to spend studying the Bible. So, get prepared. We want you to learn more about who this Jesus is, who this God is that we worship. 
כן, זה היה מבין.